once upon a time. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I fell in love with those four words. I'd hear them and immediately I was transported into a world of wondrous possibilities of kings and queens talking animals, mythical creatures, enchantment, battles of good versus evil, and ultimately that happy ending. Even now, as an adult, those words still pull me in. I love a good story. I didn't realize how much and how important they are to me until a couple of years ago. I was at a Christmas party and a friend was telling me about her sister that she doesn't like to read or watch TV or watch movies. And I found myself growing greatly disturbed until she mentioned, oh, but she does watch telenovelas. And I felt my concern ease and we continued to chat. And later that night, I was thinking about the conversation and my, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous and seemingly disproportionate internal response. And I was, I was talking to God, chatting with God. And I wondered why on earth was I so disturbed by what my friend said and then put at ease when she mentioned telenovelas out of all things. Telenovelas was what put me at ease. It came to me. It's because stories are a key form of expression for humankind. It's a way in which we convey emotion and lessons. It's a way that we mimic our God in creating words and life. It is a way that one soul speaks to another. Stories are so important. And the hook of a story, those first words, are important as well. They capture your attention and set the tone for the rest of the tale. The hook of our story, Followers of Jesus, is one of the best ever written, in my opinion. You know, in the beginning. Well, in the beginning of what? Well, in the beginning of everything. Everything we see and hear and taste and touch and smell and know in the beginning of time itself. The hook that we first find in Genesis at the creation narrative is one of the reasons why I love the gospel according to John. John, who was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, begins Jesus' story at the start of time itself, in the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Continuing in verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. 
There is a lot here in this prelude. This introduction to the book of John lays out who Jesus is. He is God there from the beginning and yet distinct from God the Father. He was there at the creation of everything and was involved in the creation of everything. He came to the earth as a human to live among us and ultimately save us, giving us the right to call his father, our father. By the end of this message, I want to have encouraged you to begin thinking upon these truths. Jesus is the light and source of light shining in the darkness. The darkness cannot comprehend the light and the darkness cannot overcome the light. To explore these marvelous mysteries, I'm going to tell you a story. No matter how dark it gets for our heroine, know that the happy ending is guaranteed. Once upon a time, there was a little girl whose father loved her very much. One day, her father gave her a necklace. On a delicate chain of silver and gold, there was a glass ball about the size of your thumbnail. And inside of the glass ball was a glowing flame. The little girl was fascinated by the flame that danced inside of the glass ball. Its light reminded her of the way her father's skin glowed. Keep it close, he told her. Take care of the glass ball. As long as you keep the flame with you, you can find me no matter where you go. The flame will keep you safe. Let's pause here. Throughout the scriptures, we read that God is the source of light, both figuratively and literally. In the very beginning, God created light. It was the first thing on the list. John shows us that from the beginning, from the very beginning, God, the Son, that is Jesus, is the light of all mankind. God's words, the promises he gives, the words he speaks to us as we pray, the words written in the scripture, those words are a light. In Psalm 119, verse 105, it is written, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. God is the source of light and he freely gives it to us. The sun and the sky, the moon and stars at night, we do nothing to deserve these. He causes them to shine on both the just and the unjust alike. And God continuously shares his words. We have a whole, we have a whole book full of them. Oh. And he continues to speak today. When you talk to him, pray to him, you're not just talking at him. He's going to respond. And then there's Jesus. Jesus is a gift, a beautiful precious gift that the world cried out for but couldn't recognize when it came. As John wrote in the first chapter, he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. We are reminded again and again in the scriptures that we should hold God's words close to our hearts that we do not stray away from him. We are reminded again and again to hold on to Jesus, to our faith in him. He is the only way that we are saved from the darkness and brought into the light of relationship with God. Let us return to the little girl. Over the years, she kept watch over the glass ball and the flame inside. Now, there 
there were some close calls. She almost lost it six and a half times. She decided not to fully count the time that it was in the pocket of her other coat. That doesn't really count. But as she grew, she found that there was a little more to the flame than she was first told. Yes, as long as she had the flame with her, she could always find her way back home if she wandered off the beaten path. It would send out a beacon of light in the right direction. And yes, it kept her safe. That was always a bit shocking whenever it happened, especially the first time the flame burned so fiercely that a bear lunging for her neck caught fire while her eyebrows weren't even singed. That would freak anybody out. But beyond the guidance and safety in her waking hours, in her sleeping hours, it talked to her. In her dreams, it told her things about her father that she had never realized. It encouraged her to talk about the secrets she kept deep inside. Each dream, each conversation, changed her a little bit more, made her a little more like her father. Wise, loving, kind, just, merciful, list goes on. There's a song that I love. Just a little talk with Jesus. Just a little talk will make it all right. Oh, I love putting that song on sometimes when I need to have that little talk with Jesus. And just like for our heroine in this story, these talks that we have with Jesus family can be revelatory and transformative. So first, light is revelatory. When we want to better understand something, we may ask that a person shed light on the situation. When the power goes out in the middle of a storm, we light a candle or find a flashlight or even use the flashlight on our phones to be able to see what is around us. Just like turning on a light, looking to Jesus helps us see better. We can see God the Father better when we look to Jesus. He said in John chapter 14, verse 9, anyone who has seen me has seen my Father too. We can also better see our own sin in Jesus' light. Moses composed Psalm 90 where it is written, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. Just like the flame in the story encouraged our heroine to talk about her secrets, Jesus encourages us to confess our sins. That piece of revelation, though, that one is, that is not so nice and comfortable. I'll be honest, family, sometimes, sometimes I don't want that light. There are some times when I say to God, we we'll have to touch that. We ain't got to go over there into that corner of the heart. But he ups and shines the light over there anyway. And I know that while I'm in the middle of that sometimes painful process of revealing my sin, that light is also transforming me. It's like, it's like we're green plants, family. We are designed to need that light, not only to grow, but to thrive. Now let us return to our heroine, who is now a young woman and her father. While he never made another necklace like the one he made for his daughter, he did make glass toys, jewelry, knickknacks, and doodads, and all of them had flames inside. 
One day, a visitor passed through her father's workshop telling him about a town nearby that needed some of the flames inside the glass trinkets. So the father sent the young woman off with a crate full of them to share with the town. When the young woman reached that place, she understood why the people who visited, well, the person who visited the workshop had asked for the delivery. The town was dim, even in the middle of the day and pitch black in night. Much of the light was blocked out by the deformed, dark trees with oily, sickly, yellow leaves that surrounded the town. People always had to carry their own lantern, but the light of the lanterns even seemed dim to the young woman. When she laid out her father's trinkets for people to see, the flames and then dazzled her eyes. However, she soon realized that not everyone appreciated what she brought with her. Some couldn't even see the flame in the middle of the glass. One man mumbled as he walked away, who needs a glass belt buckle? What a useless piece of nonsense. But those who could see the flames inside the glass set aside their lanterns and went away with their treasure grasped tightly in their fingers. Family, as I said before, our Father freely gives us the gift of light, and there is plenty of it to go around. In fact, we carry the light of Jesus with us, and we have been tasked with sharing it, telling others about why it's such good news that he was born, telling them about the promise of light in the middle of darkness, telling them about the precious gift that has been given to the world. And not just tell them, but show them. Show them what the light looks like. How? Well, Isaiah chapter 61 gives us some guidance on that. Proclaim good news to the poor. Bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim freedom to captives and release from darkness for prisoners. Tell about God's favor on us and how he is fighting the enemy of the world. Comfort those who mourn. Give beauty where there were ashes, joy where there's pain, praise where there is despair. Isaiah may not have known it at the time, but in this passage, he was prophesying about Jesus, what Jesus would do. And as followers of Jesus, we are to do as Jesus did. Not everyone will be able to recognize the gift. Their eyes are blind to the light. Share it anyway. You may remember when you yourself were suddenly able to see the light. Wasn't it such a wondrous gift? And you right now may be looking for the light. You've heard about it, but you just can't see it. Don't worry, keep looking because God has a habit of healing blind eyes. Now, back to our story. The trees causing the dimness and darkness in the town were not native to that area. As she shared the glass trinkets, people told the young woman that some years back, deep, dark holes began to appear around the town. And where the holes appeared, the trees grew strong roots and spread. The young woman noticed the closer someone lived to the holes, the less likely they were to be able to see the flames and the glass trinkets. After being in the town for a week, the young woman decided to go into the thickest gathering of trees nearby. She was curious 
what it was about them that seemed to fight against the light. The flame in her necklace sent a beacon of light in the opposite direction of the pit she was approaching. But surely, she thought, it couldn't hurt to better understand what it is about these pits that swallows the light of the town. The young woman stepped closer to the very edge of the pit, when before she could even think to scream, a gray, gnarled hand grabbed her ankle and pulled her in the darkness of the pit. Let's pause. Darkness can come in many forms. The ground that was once firm beneath your feet can suddenly crumble and there's nothing but a pit there. A job loss, your parent gets sick, someone you care for breaks your trust in them. Or light from the sky that has been a normal part of your life can suddenly be blotted out by towering, hideous, strong trees, addiction, fear, apathy. Sometimes we wander into the darkness our own selves. A word of warning, family, if the light, if God is pointing you in a different direction than the way you are going, follow the light. It is, no, I know, it's not always that simple. Sometimes we can't tell which direction God wants us to go, but sometimes it's very simple and very clear which direction he does not want you to go. There's this video I love. I crack up every single time I watch it. I've watched it many times. This woman gets a text from a guy who wants her to come over for some Netflix and chill. She prays, God, if you don't want me to go over there, I need you to let me know. And then she turns the key in the ignition and the engine turns over and her car doesn't start. She's like, she prays again. No, God, I think you thought that I meant, should I drive over there? I mean, should I go over there? And she gets a text message on her phone. The sender, God, the message, don't go. She prays again. God, I'm just, I'm just going over there to watch Netflix. That's all. Is it all right if I just go over there to watch Netflix? She gets a message on her phone. A friend has forward a, forwarded a clip to her of a message from Monique, a famous comedian, who is calling for a boycott of Netflix. Again, I say, sometimes it is clear, beloved, which direction God does not want you to go. Keep on going that way and watch your ankle get snatched. Now, like, you know, our young woman who is now in the pit. The fall knocked the wind out of her. She fought off the hand and tried to use the flame to see in the pitch black surrounding her. Then the whispers came. Some of them sounded almost like her own voice, telling her that the flame was of no use down there. Some sounded almost like the voice of her father, reminding her of every single thing that she's ever done wrong. Some sounded awful, like rusty nails on glass, telling her that she will never find her way out. Then more hands came. She couldn't see them, but she felt them bruising her, scratching her, keeping her from running away, keeping her from climbing out of the pit. The young woman lost all sense of time. Was it minutes, hours, days since she fell in? It seemed to her that the glass 
around her flame wasn't as clear anymore. The light coming out became weaker and weaker. All the things in the dark laughed. She began to cry, scream. Soon the flame inside the glass was just a pinprick of light, no bigger than a speck of dust. The young woman tore the chain from her neck and begged the light to get bigger. It was no use. She whispered, Daddy, where are you? She dropped the necklace. The glass ball broke, and she watched as the tiny flame melted into the ground of the pit, and with it, the last of her hope. Things can get really dark sometimes, family. Like a hand in front of your face, and you can't see the light dark, like lose all sense of who you are dark, like there was never such a thing as light dark. Like, how could God even be here, dark? It gets bad. Just living life, it can get really, really bad. It gets hard to be able to say the words that Micah wrote. We read in chapter 7, verse 8, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. God is there in the darkness. But sometimes we lose sight of him. No matter how desperately we try to cling to it, sometimes it seems that God's light gets dimmer and dimmer. The young woman heard it before she felt it. A rumbling like thunder. And then the ground began to shake. She could even see the walls of the pit shaking. Wait, she thought, I can see the walls of the pit shaking. A light had started to grow from the ground like a vine. Reaching, she touched the glowing vine. Burned her fingers. The burning spread from her hand to the rest of her body. And even though she was in pain, she watched in fascination as she started to glow like her father glowed. When the burning in her body stopped, she looked away from her very radiant skin to the vine. It had started to grow up the walls of the pit. She quickly grabbed a hold of it and climbed out. The young woman peered down into the hole and could see in the light of the vine that the creatures who had been tormenting her were not as big as she had imagined and much uglier than she thought. Grateful to be away, she followed the growing vine out of the thick woods. The vine continued to grow throughout that town, wrapping around and killing the trees that blocked out the light growing down into the pits and offering ways out for those who were trapped. And light returned to the, to the town. There's this song by Hillsong that I love called As You Find Me. There's a part of a pre-chorus that goes, Grace to spare for all my mistakes. And that part just read 
wrecks me. That phrase, that part just wrecks me so accurately captures how I feel when I think about the gift of Jesus. I get all kinds of emotional when I think about the result of something so beautiful colliding with something that does not deserve to be exposed to that beauty. We don't deserve the beauty of light, and yet God does not abandon us in the dark. He says in the book of Isaiah, I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. When the world fell into the darkness of sin, God did not forsake it. He sent a light to us, the light. Take heart, beloved, for this is good news that brings great joy. Just like God promised, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Jesus tells us in the book of John to believe that he is the way to be saved from the darkness of our sin and thus become children of light. As I said before, this transformation can be a little painful at times. Having fire flow through your veins can do that but the end result is worth it. To have God working on your inside so that on the outside, you are able to glow like he does. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming as a light into the world. Father God, thank you for the gift of light, not abandoning, not abandoning us, to the dark and Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you that you speak to us and lead us that we may know better, know better this light. Please, Holy Spirit, remind us during this time, Christmas tide, the, these 12 days of, of celebration that go beyond just that one day of Christmas. These days just to remember the gift, help us to remember the precious, precious gift we have been given. We ask all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs>